It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Stocks weathering some cross currents here as the jobs number has its hottest print in a year. 353K, upward revisions, even as wages rise above estimates. Ten year is a little suspicious, just flirting with four. Our roadmap begins with all of these super six-pack earnings now in. We're going to break down results from Apple, Meta, and Amazon. Plus, we got that latest jobs report, and it did show the U.S. economy added 353,000 jobs jobs in January. That was far higher than expected. Later this hour, we're going to talk with Chevron CEO Mike Worth. That'll be a first on CNBC interview. Of course, the company reported earnings along with the other uh, U.S. giant Exxon. Let's get first to the big tech earnings, uh, starting with Apple, moving lower now despite this quarterly beat, ending four straight quarters of revenue declines year on year. China did miss. Uh, that overshadows some growth in services in the iPhone. And then Jim's been busy on this Vision Pro rollout Well, today. I wanted very much uh, to, uh, in my little you know, chance, the window I had with Tim Cook this morning when we, they uh, unveiled the Vision Pro, to talk to him what really mattered. And I said, look, all of this is really terrific. But how about that first hour in China in April 1? What's that going to do? I mean, like the, the juxtaposition, David, you have to understand. You're a cynical older guy. I, on the other hand, welcome the wonderment. Naive and, and hopeful. Na- naive yes, and hopeful. Yes. And so when I see something that's as exciting as this, I don't say, oh, that's an asterisk. They're only going to sell 160000 I say maybe my life is different. Which okay. I shared to Tim. I said, you know what, Tim? Because, of course, it's Tim. Of course. You know, in the same way that it's, I don't know, sure, right? Yeah. Or a you know, lady, yeah. uh, like in God. Oh, my God. Yeah. What do you think you have? My, my wife put me to have. Did on. you get your special time with him? Because he did do this, yeah. these selfies with I was with the only one. Virtually I anybody there were no who walked slots. up to him. Okay. Look at what he just did to me. That's horrible. He just this made me seem access. small. Yes. This you know, is, yeah, I got. I was the only exclusive, just for the record. Got it. You, you weren't right in front of the store. All right. Yeah. Well, you okay. come on. Well, no, okay. Let's so, get to Apple's earnings. All right. Did you read? Oh, the earnings. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus, what a buzzkill. Okay. Look, if you, <laughs> China is one in five. You need to see China up. The. China was down 13 percent. You saw the stock. Just Do they have it. a problem in China? OK, so that's a great question. And I would tell you, if I were working at Estee Lauder or working at Nike, uh, if I were working at Starbucks, well, these have similar problems. And that is that the consumer in China is experiencing a once in a post-mal lifetime lack of capital to buy things. Yep. Yep. And that's what's happening. I mean, Apple satis- customer so satisfaction is very it, high. It is very high, and it's still the leader in terms of market yeah, I mean, share. Look, that like, said, Huawei has a more competitive product on the market. You do have these government crackdowns that we hear about, at least in terms of government employees being able to own Apple iPhones. Well, we know that the, of the largest cities, the Apple stole the four of the six right. in terms of payment. I, no, I look, these are. I, it's so hard, Carl, it's so hard for even for a moment to understand that the Chinese may not have an, enough money to buy an Apple or that they may not have enough money to buy a triple cappuccino with skim wet. Yeah. Um, it is. You know, you could, look, look, if we had Luxman Narasimhan here from Starbucks, Starbucks I yes. think he'd be talking about how they've, there's a lot of guys sell much cheaper coffee and we're being hurt by them. So it's, it's everything from a cup of coffee to an, an Apple... To cars. Yeah. Oh, cars. I mean, terrible. We have to... And, of course, everybody who has uh, 
an apartment feels like their apartment goes down. They have a deflate. They have a deflationary problem where you do believe that if you just wait, the price comes down. This is not unlike Germany in the mid in the mid twenties, or even where, Japan more recently. Yes, where you just say, you know what? Why buy now? You can buy later, and it'll be less. Now, you also, that also comes with a demographic challenge uh, versus, say, India, where there's you, know, you have a stagnant population like Japan. But I do think that if we sit here and we say that Apple has a China problem, we have to admit that Nike has a China problem. We have to admit that anyone who sells has a China problem. And when you're listening, by the way, the conference calls, it's always the same, which is like, all right, look, if it weren't for China. Now, there was a period where it was like, if it weren't for China, yeah, we would we, not have exactly. done it. If it weren't exactly. for China. We I mean, you're be, selling diapers right, in China. Said they, did have, they did have actual revenue growth for the first time in basically a year. Well, that was this quarter. Right. For but this now, quarter. My question, I guess, would be, what kind of a multiple do you pay for this and stock? That is, and that is the tough thing, because on the one hand, you see what I saw today, and you just say, look, let's just forget about it. Just own it, and this thing is going to work. Uh, and you may have to go through a, a valley, like you did, say, in 2013, 14. Uh, and then on the other hand, it says, okay, hedge funds, yeah, you can leave it. I hope you get back in in time for if something happens. We know how long can President Xi continue to do nothing, ignore Keynes. How long can he ignore Keynes? Mm-hmm. Said he's got a report out today. Uh, when will China's GDP surpass U.S. GDP? Baseline, early 2040s, but we no longer see it as inevitable. Yes, yeah, yeah, there you go. As never. And never that, good for you? What do you mean, like, when you want to see me for dinner on Thursday? <laughs> that's, that's, that's that famous New Yorker uh, cartoon. I do think but it the, may be never. It may be never. I, look, I think this country, uh, look, Eunice, you know this better than anybody, but, I mean, this is a country that made a, that made a big bet on real estate. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember what happened in our country. We made big, big bet on real estate in the 80s. and almost brought the banking system down. Now we just have New York Community Bank. Right. But um, there were people who made giant bets, and uh, I remember I used to bank what, at Security Pacific, and the one distributor was, was one of the biggest banks in the country, and it disappeared. It did. Uh, I remember this. I was reporting on banking back then. Let's get back to uh, Tim Cook. Did he happen to mention to you at all what their plans are on AI? And I mentioned that because, of course, it did come up on the call. They sort of are pointing to later in the year. They've done very little, at least publicly, that we're aware of when it comes to sort of meeting some of the challenges that are out there from uh, from competitors. But there is also a bullish case, guys, that says, you know what, over time, you're going to need to have compute power move to a certain extent to the to phone. The edge, to the to edge. To the edge, thank you. That needs to be done at the edge. You'll have a thin, large language model, if you right. want to call it that. Uh, and therefore, that will require more powerful chips, which will require a shortened upgrade cycle, which would be good for okay. Apple. They, uh, they came so close to saying that. I, I know that... Tim doesn't want to get over his skis, as he would tell you, but that's, that is the real saving grace. It will not necessarily be what I saw today with the Vision Pro. Vision Pro will be slow roll. Remember, Vision Pro, I keep, keep hearing about the price, how much. But remember, you can borrow money to buy something <laughs> that you're allowed to do. I don't know if you follow. It's called credit. Really? I'm going to go in a, I'm going to go in a hawk to buy well, a Vision Once you Pro? try it, David, you're going to want to think you. about buying it. Yes. And I only say that because Jim's tried it. I've tried it. Andrew's tried it. Our whole crew, actually, and our production staff have tried it. Did anyone so really I'm the only one listening to this tried. video. There's, I think Julia's in here. Did anyone say Prashant. they didn't like it? Huh? I mean, did anyone say they didn't like it? I, was, I don't think so. I was talking to Tim about when I take my contacts out. Okay, so when I take my contacts out, David, uh, I, and when I see uh, your true Sarah. Is that Sarah? No? I mean, when I, when Sarah I take, is ubiquitous. No, when she's I, everywhere. No, when I, she lives ambitiously, what am I going to tell you? She even admits that she's ambitious. 
That's fantastic. I, on this, the other hand, am not ambitious. No, so, not at all. So when you, when you take your, I say to Tim, I said, look, when you, whoever thought that there should be this screen 20 feet from you, so like when you're, when you're in bed, I mean, everybody, you're looking at a basketball game and you think it's the Sixers and it turns out to be the Knicks, okay? Which is not bad because the Knicks look really good. But that's the point. And he was saying the same thing. It's like, oh my how God. did it? Every, so every single person has tried the Vision Pro but me. Is this like, well, is, are you guys trying to tell me something? Yeah, your life is shallow and without any meaning. Uh, but, but I was telling Tim, wait, like, if you had told me that this man. was going to happen, that, yes, uh, yes. why would you ever put the screen 20 feet? And then Tim said, yeah, exactly. That's, there are a lot of things that it's for each his own. You're going to find out what you want on it. But the number of features are incredible. And remember, he's trying, made a case to me last night before the conference call. The B2B, Jim, you're not thinking B2B. You mentioned Walmart, but he also mentioned people who are, they do contracting and they're going to look and see if there's cracks. Disney the Plus out officially today? Yes. Yeah. And I, I made it, you know, I, I think that I was telling uh, Dylan Reback, who was there, who works with me uh, for Mad Money, like the idea, of, oh, Netflix is not going to write for it? Uh, yeah, okay. Over time, it will become a. You know, well, there's no doubt it's the beginning of something. That's what I'm not no You doubt, caught the certain, spirit without being I there. I understand that. At 3500 bucks, though, it's going to be a relatively small population of people who can be first adapters. Well, it may go down in price, or remember that well, again. I would that assume thing. it will go down in price over time as every well, consumer it electronic will become gadget more does. Valuable. Look, I think, I think the juxtaposition right. uh, of, of, of watching the stock go down. And knowing that if anyone tries it, they'll want it. You said, why don't you try it before you sell the stock? That's well, what you wrote I, this morning. I am urging people to do that, but they'll never do that. They've already made up their mind that when you put something on your head, you look silly. It is a little okay. heavy, isn't it? A little bit heavy. I mean, what did cavemen do? They didn't have glasses, and then the first guy put glasses on, they look silly. I mean, you guys I are both believers. Can we talk meta, though, guys? Or do we have? Yeah, can we just, can sure. We, we've been spending 10 minutes on this, and you go no, to Fifth I want to talk about No, I went to about Amazon. You, you get your picture taken with Tim Cook. That was just great. No, let's talk about meta, okay? Cynical. This is going to be, uh, by the way, uh, at, at, at these pre-market levels, yeah. will be the best, second best uh, day in a decade, and the fourth best day ever. Thanks, Mike Zicardi. Well, um, revenue acceleration, Jim. I mean, that's what I keep hearing this you morning didn't hear from people about, on but, that. Come on, how about was the number incredible. Of- the fact that you can get that at this size company. Other people talking about what was the fastest turnaround in corporate history with Zuckerberg. Yeah. You're talking about an employee number now that's around 67,000. It was 87,000 and it's high. Right. You know, somebody's saying to me, how long does it take you to like, you know, you get your, you buy a new house, you put, get it together, it takes you like nine months to feel comfortable, whatever. It's like sure. this guy reorganized an entire company in three months. No, it's no, unbelievable we- what Zuckerberg did. And we continue to see the impact from it. They've spent $60 billion prior to this quarter in the metaverse. You don't even hear about it anymore. That's CapEx and OpEx added up But together. they did a billion. They did a billion in sales and in they metaverse. did a billion in sales. Um, and by the way, the are talking about a $27 earnings number in 25 and the fact that it perhaps will finally get what they believe. And again, these are people who own the stock, is a higher multiple based on this growth rate, re- Revenue acceleration at such a the large... Is, is, it, it really is And amazing. so all I get this morning, as you might imagine, are very positive comments from those. And not to mention the dividend now, $5 billion a year they'll be yeah, spending let's have a 50 dividend. cents. That may draw long onlys into the name who previously been unable to own it. I think that's right. I think the buyback is right. I think that this is a man who at one point says, you know, we don't really don't even, turns out we don't even need this many people. I mean, it was a very conversational conference call. It was so, it was like the least scripted Zuckerberg conference call. My favorite part was when he brings in, let's see if David can guess, who did he bring in? 
I don't know. Nvidia. Oh yeah. But he talked about he the equivalent of, of, of course. Yeah, three hundred fifty thousand H one hundred cards, which is their their latest and greatest. And I was thinking, David, is that a blocking action? Let's just you know. I remember when when Jensen, one of the CEO, was saying, "Listen, I have a great relationship with Mark." And I was like, "You kidding me?" Well, it, that's a dynamite relationship. Some of the doubters, Jim, even at uh, this pre-open, uh, are saying, "No more family MAUs." What does that tell you? Oh God, are they really playing that game? How about the fact that because it's just a dominant company? I mean, they, they, I, by the way, WhatsApp for the first time, we're starting to hear about WhatsApp kind of taking over this country. I thought that was a secure business. And I mean, David, I've really come around to thinking that we operate better as a leaner company. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's that, that Zuckerberg from the call. And that got a lot of people's attention. I, I count down 22. It's yeah. just I mean, they're down. To, they're basically down to where they were in 2021. They can fire again. everybody except for him and they can make the numbers. By the way, um, Reels is going to crush TikTok. You heard this from me first. It's one of the re- one of the reasons why he bought all these. He, you know that he bought uh, all this power because he doesn't even know what to do with it yet. He just knows he's going to have to need well, that, it. And, and that gets back to your point, why you've been bullish, obviously, in NVIDIA for so long and AMD. I mean, AI CapEx at all these companies. Yeah, it's at, them. It's well, them. I mean, we we'll go through all of them, but at, at, uh, at Amazon as well and here yes. at Meta is increasing dramatically. Well, and that's yeah. got to be good, one would expect, for NVIDIA and AMD. Uh, yeah, definitely. I saw there was a price target raised to 800 Now, look, we had Supermicro the other day, and they happened to report on a bad day. They had an unbelievable quarter. And then microchip. My, yeah. I mean, look, sub, if you hit up SMCI, I think that's kind of the – that's a good vision of what's, what could happen here with, with uh, NVIDIA because they're a partner. But in, NVIDIA, I just want to say that the reason why AI really does work is speed, okay? Now, Tim is talking – David asked me about, about Tim and generative AI. That's what Tim's talking about, generative AI. And he's suffusing all these different things. But as he told me, he goes, I don't just sit there, though, and I don't want to – I'm kind of paraphrasing – and just say, I've got generative AI, which one of the things that, is, of course, has bothered us all is that everybody claims they have generative AI, but they – they, in, they put it in without telling you, hey, did you see what the upgrade was? It had a lot of generative AI. They don't do that. They just aren't like that. They're, they do not beat their chest. No. Yeah, the other thing uh, it brings up is uh, Zuck's insider selling, which if he really thought this quarter was going to be a problem, why would he have sold then? Right? Does, well, it, does it negate that that okay. is a tell? I have a view on that. I didn't. I don't think he knew how big the rate bands were going to be. You don't think he knew how big what was big the rate bands? The first of the meta. Oh, products. really? Yeah, I don't think he did. I don't think. I think they're back ordered. I think it's going to be very hard to get them. You ought to try them, because you know, I, you're walking around. Apparently, and, I'm not allowed to try anything. Well, you walk around. You download right to your Instagram page. You listen to what you want to listen to. It's it's a life changer. All right, but. It's Dude. advertising that drives this company entirely okay. at okay. this point. It's 97 at one point, I, at one point, I tried to say that. And by okay. the way, it uh, keeps going higher. Right. I mean, that's exactly. And AI which, that, is positively the, impacting the ROI for advertisers right now as well. Using different mixing metaphors, getting rid of David. Uh, yeah, it is a, it is a, it's an advertising-driven company. You're absolutely right. Yes, Don't ever you. for one minute no. think that it's something I else. wouldn't. Finally, Jim, Amazon, everybody's talking about the North American operating margin, 6-1, beats by two full points. Jim, uh, somebody called it a game changer for core retail profitability. Well, I think that I think it's the first good quarter that you're going to see. Now, uh, Brian Alsovsky's the CFO, I mean, like Jassy's amazing, but but Brian was talking about how much they've cut out of a shipment of, of a 
a unit. They cut out this quarter 45 cents per package, basically. It's yeah. per unit, but I'm using the per package as the rubric. How do you cut out? For, can you imagine the gross margins, the acceleration of that? And that's because of the regionalization. That's because they just get better and better. 45 cents. Can you? That's the leverage that you're seeing. Right. The operating leverage, those who like the stock would tell you, is there. Those who and like it's the, only going to who continue. Who doesn't like the stock? I don't people know. Don't There's know always somebody who doesn't like the stock, Jim. Oh, and the investments that they made you don't previously like to make money, my hats off to them. are seen as a tailwind right now to the, margins, to I, Jim's I, point. And by the way, we talk a lot about Sheehan and Timu, but they don't seem to have impacted their business. Have maybe, they bought anything? Maybe, maybe Target and Walmart. Okay. I don't know, but not, not necessarily that. Walmart's, Amazon, it went, a lot of Walmart's people expected Microsoft. they were significant. Uh, potentially at least significant competitors. Okay. Back to Meta, by the way, there's this, you know, they advertise very heavily, Sheena Timu, yes. and there's this worry that you're going to apply some sort of a tariff to, you know, below the $800 threshold, but that doesn't seem Have like you ordered it. anything from Sheen versus Amazon? Well, first of all, well, you I mean, give- in my household, I'm sure somebody has. Yeah, not me. I don't order anything. Okay. Yeah, you don't. Okay, no. so she and I ordered some women's clothes for my, my wife. That's very nice. Yeah. Don't look at the Shein women's clothes because you'll think I'm trying to accomplish something. Uh, the, but David, did Shein, the deadline of when you get it? 12 to 15 days. I got it next day from Jassy. Next day. And that's just because not, you know, Jassy wasn't, Jassy sends a lot of presents to my wife. Yeah, not a lot of people worried about the CapEx numbers uh, at Amazon, given some of these margins that are rolling in. We'll talk more about it in a minute. Right now, we got Ford U.S. auto sales. Let's get to Phil LeBeau this morning. Hey, Phil. Hey, Carl, this is a snapshot of January. And in January, Ford's overall sales up 4.3%. And the breakout that a lot of people are going to be focused on, hybrid sales versus EV sales. And in January, we continue to see that hybrids, which Ford has been way ahead of GM and Stellantis in terms of production, well, they're reaping the benefits there, up 42% year over year. EV sales, we've talked about that market slowing down. Ford EV sales in January down 10.9%. As you take a look at shares of Ford, keep in mind that we get the Q4 results next Tuesday after the bell. And at that time, we will also get the company's guidance for the rest of this year. And that's important, guys, because they've laid out a lot of chess pieces in terms of deferring EV investment, pivoting as much as possible to the markets where the vehicles are in demand. That is hybrids, obviously pickup trucks, vehicles like the Ranger. So again, Ford's overall sales for January down 4.3%. Guys, we'll send it back to you. Jonas yesterday, midday upgrade of Ford. Uh, correct view of this. This stock is not going to be down. Jonas is going to get on and going to explain to why he's right. And Jonas is right. He says uh, it's it's evident the EV momentum is stalling. Uh, puts our 21 target in play on this toggle of capital discipline, Jim. I think he thinks that Farley, this is Farley's time. And I think that Jonas... David, periodically I mention him, and the reason I do is because he's rigorous, but he also is a showman. Right. And that's what we want. Yes. Right? He's the Sinatra of of auto analysts. A lot of the job is marketing, and so he gets attention paid. Well, he should. Yeah. And he doesn't wear a pink jacket, although I don't mind. Listen, (laughs) by the way, literary references are important. Being able to write well used to be important. Right. I mean, think about Dan Loeb. He came to prominence because of his letters, because he wrote well. Paul All Rudd. you English majors Paul out Rudd's there. Paul Rudd's a good writer. Course, now Howard Marks. Symbolist. Symbolist is a fantastic writer. Yeah, great writers. Eye on the Market is still one of the most entertaining things. I put that right up there. I, look, it's not Hemingway. Nah, Hemingway's can, just okay. He's uh, pedestrian. But can Gen AI just replicate that now? Can Gen... 
conceivably. Yeah. But it'll never re- replicate Stephen King, who is the Charles Dickens Write me a pithy analyst report on no, Ford. But if you go back, it's really interesting. What does, what does Microsoft use it for? Summation. They can summarize. I bet you can summarize War and Peace in a couple of sentences, you know? <laughs> or how about like Anna Karenina? All right, throws cell phone tracks. Next. We're going to talk more about whether or not all of that is stealing jobs. Uh, Not today, though, with the jobs number 353. We'll dive into that. Uh, Ten-year, still flirting with four, and also Big Oil joining the earnings parade. Uh, Do not miss uh, Chevron's Mike Worth. Going to join us in about 20 minutes as Exxon also prints. Take a look at the pre-market. We'll see what we hang on to here as the Dow's on pace for its best week in about uh, two months. We're back in a minute. January jobs at 353,000. That handily beats expectations of 185. Unemployment at 37. Jim, wages up 45, uh, 4.5, but the work week was down, which maybe cuts your denominator, does it not? Yeah, uh, March is back in play, but not in the direction that people were saying. Uh, this was, again, I've been saying all, this is an incredible economy. I know it's a little too hot. Uh, but it, you, it's hard to keep a good economy down. I keep thinking about I had Cisco on the SYY company. Now, they are the company that delivers to every, every a plurality of restaurants in this country, and they're trying to hire like men. Uh, I had uh, Brinker on last night, which is Chili's. They need more people. I mean, every company I interview, they need more people. And that did not change. But they are willing to get, they can get the people for a little less money. But yeah, we can't. We can't. Tech, we do can't have people it. being laid off. It feels like we're getting announcements all the but time. But you know, the Amazon people get laid off. They're like three hundred thousand dollars people. Do you want them? That those people cost your fortune. That's what you're really making. Like three hundred thousand. That, that's what they're making. Well, not the, the right. The corporate staff. The twenty-seven thousand, whatever that they laid yeah, off. Yeah, they were not laying corporate. off people from the distribution center. No, but I'm saying that that there are jobs if you want them, uh, in the economy. I think if you're J-PAL, you're very grateful that you didn't join the clack of March cutters. What do you think he says on Sunday night, 60 Minutes? Oh, that's a great question. He's such an... I, He's I, talking I, to a broad audience Yeah, I, I, and I think it's good if you go back to when he called the bottom when he was on the Today Show. He's a plain-spoken good person, and I think he will make people feel, you know what, I... I'm in a moment where if I do lose my job, I can get another job. Uh, And that's the kind of economy we have. Uh, Explains the confidence numbers. Exactly. And that's what I think he goes for. Uh, I think he also has to try to explain the dual mandate, which is not a term that that most people in America understand. Right? Uh, I would agree that most people do not know what the dual mandate of the Fed is. Yes. Right. I often said to my I would wife, also, I said, I, got also a, argue I have a dual mandate tonight. I have dinner. The, 95% what? of people don't know who the chairman of the Federal Reserve is either. No, that's true. He's a rather unknown figure, and he will be, if it's Jay, he'll be unknown on Monday, too. <laughs> well, more we'll learn with uh, Scott Pelley Sunday night. We'll watch that. I love we'll get Scott. Matt I love Dash. Count down to the opening bell. Don't go anywhere. Let's Okay, now AbbVie's going to open with a $300 billion valuation. And they're successfully navigating one of the greatest loss of exclusivities in history, which is Yumura. Yeah. And they're doing it uh, with a couple of the, uh, Sky Rizzi, with Rinvogue. But I have to hand it to uh, to Gonzalez. He, he doesn't do any TV, Mr. Gonzalez. But I will say 
that is very unusual to be able to handle this. Uh, by the way, Rob Davis doesn't have to do it yet because at Merck, we, CEO Keytruda is still there. But I know that uh, Mr. Borner at Bristol Myers is trying to navigate a whole bunch of loss of exclusivity. They've done but, a number of deals recently, as we know, yes. Abby as well. These smaller, uh, not small, but smaller emerging companies in right. biotech that will and, give them and future and drugs. And I, I think that without any publicity, without wanting any show, uh, becoming a public face for Abby, David, that's a very good job. And $300 billion is nothing to sneeze at. It's hard to get to be a $300 billion company. Let's get the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange with the big boy. It is brain drug developer, also neuroscience, ITO today. He said it's going to use money to pay down debt. That was a bad deal. I have no, I have no problem, no problems in saying that. This kind of deal, when you have companies that have biotech, the first thing they do is they go buy equipment from Thermo, uh, Thermo Timo, Thermo Scientific, or Danaher, and then they develop things. And then just when they're about to run out of money, Bristol Myers buys them. <laughs> Flutter, of course, a dual listing, but the point I, is that right. the point is that it, it is active or getting a little more active. Yes, at the I, it yeah. is getting more active. We have to be careful not to just recommend companies that are the deal supposed to come at 17 then it comes at 13 and what they really need to do is pay down debt therefore they don't have as much money uh, I would say that the deals that we're really looking at uh, are more flut- flutters a dual listing but there's you know Klarna is a big company uh, I do hope that we we do a little more uh, I would let me see companies that make money like arm arm is so far the deal that people keep coming back and saying Renee Haas that's what we need are more arms Kava which is doing quite well uh, and we just want fewer of these uh, Chinese companies to come in and they just crush it just crush it um, what do you got I mean I want to come back to the overall theme which is investors still do love growth and boy yes. are they getting a lot of it at meta yeah. Uh, and Amazon, they're getting operating leverage, obviously, at these companies as well. It also puts into, I think, perhaps more negative a light, Alphabet's quarter, in a way. I mean, they don't seem to be able to accomplish what Zuckerberg did, and certainly not in any time frame even close to the reorganization that took place at Meta. Um, and it is big tech managing its, its operating expenses, its headcount. It seems to be really getting rewarded by investors. Not to mention, of course, more in CapEx is being spent on AI and the capacity for that, and that redounds to the benefit of uh, NVIDIA, for example. But give me a take on Alphabet's quarter in light of what we saw from Meta, for example. Alphabet's not going to like what I have to say, but they've become too opaque for me. Like when they just say, listen, we did really well in YouTube. I mean, that just doesn't cut it anymore. Uh, how about some figures for the NFL? Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Don't just say that the production was good. You do your Google Cloud number, which is finally what we wanted for Thomas Kern. Well, how did that happen? They don't seem to want to tell you nearly as much, which therefore makes me very hard, David, to give it a, a defense. Yeah. It, it's of the six pack. It's the one that we've sold the most of because I don't understand it. They won't tell me. And I, they also say, listen, search is not going to be uh, impinged at all by, 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 by generative chat. AI. But and, I don't know. Chat, I don't know either. And they've got the Gemini, and I, I fool around with it. It's a lot of fun. But then uh, in our office, we did, we had some fun, and we did Gemini. What CEOs have been fired? 
and it had a list of you know five CEOs who are currently CEOs who they Saying say been have been fired. Yeah, that was like you know, maybe it's a way to look at the future. You have like the Wall Street Journal's paper tomorrow. Carl, there was an interesting uh, Kevin Roos column you may have seen in the Times yesterday. He used a new entrant in terms of generative AI for search and seemed to really like it. I think it was called Good. Complexity. Or per- yeah, and saying that it may be his go-to instead oh, wow. of Google. Wow. How about, really? uh, we didn't even mention uh, Amazon's Rufus. This yeah, new, Rufus. Uh, AI I was talking about shopping assistant. Yeah, and I was trying to get a sense of whether Rufus is going to make it so that my Alexa does more than when I come home and I say, uh, "Play Van Morrison." I mean, they're really going to make a push on Alexa, which was losing like eight billion dollars, and that will be terrific. But they have more. They have this three-tiered product for generative AI that you can sign off on, and the people who are signing off on it actually have real uses. It's not just trying to figure out what to do with it. And uh, Amazon will walk. Amazon Jassy is as transparent as Alphabet is not transparent. Right. And Jassy has more to lose for being so transparent, I think, because he's basically telling you his game plan. But it was a remarkable conference call last night. And I think people should go listen to a plain-spoken person, a CEO, who lays out the use case of their products in a way, Carl, that makes me say, if I were in business, I'd be calling them and say, listen, I have this business. It has $100 in sales. Can you tell me how to get to 125 And they'll say, I'll put you in touch with the person who gives you a 25% lift. That's how good that company is. And That's for, how good. And then Amazon's advertising business is, uh, is not even a distant third anymore to no. Meta and Alphabet. I mean, it's it's and it's growing 27% a year. The gross oh margins on advertising. So when I mentioned, when we talk about advertising, we're talking. You go to the the site, right, and all of its advertising based in terms of what you're seeing for your results when you search on Amazon's platform. So. <laughs> That's an incredibly lucrative business it really for them and is. growing very quickly. I mean, I found myself thinking, Carl, I said, okay, so let's say we go Amazon. Amazon is, is right now it's valued at, uh, and you hit it up, right? It's like, oh, look, Amazon's at, uh, 1. is it 1.7? Well, how about let's, how about 2 trillion? Do I hear 2 trillion? Do I hear two and a quarter? I mean, what's the difference here? I mean, I mean, really? I mean, so uh, Microsoft's three, I'm all right, well, I'll pay, you know, but why shouldn't this be three? Yeah. I mean, that's how bad, that's how crazy it is, David. That's how crazy. These companies are so dominant. You have said many I times, have. sitting next to you, that when you look at any other company, it's like, what is the point? Size, I mean, I mean Meta is the spend, point. They may not quite hit it, but $40 billion in CapEx, that's Meta. I know. And Microsoft's above that. And Alphabet, the numbers on CapEx are mind-boggling. Not to mention the revenue numbers and everything else associated with these companies, which is one reason why you do have to or you can't completely dismiss the threat from regulation from those right. who would say these right. platforms are simply too large, too powerful, and need to be broken up, even though the law may not be behind those so big. I mean, the I, reason they're spending so much is because the competition is so fierce. They are, and that's why they all need yeah. the NVIDIA and, cards. And the other thing and, I keep coming back to, Jim, is the days where the market freaked out on spending on a CapEx cycle at Amazon, no, that's over. No, we want them to spend because the, the leverage is great now that they figured out which person they need. Uh, we always figured, like in advertising, like 50% of the people will do, take an action. Well, we just got to figure out what they wouldn't act on. Like Amazon, whatever they're acting on is working, and they've laid off the people who aren't. Uh, I, when I was talking to them last night, I was saying, guys, would it like matter if I had a billion-dollar idea for you guys? <laughs> um, Guys, what? before I, I, I wasted his time, you know, it's like I'm conscious. I don't want to take a billion dollars of your time. I'll hang up after two minutes. <laughs> um, worth guys getting, uh, before we uh, talk to Mike Worth from Chevron, getting to Charter, obviously a company that I have followed through the years. Hey, how are uh, they doing? CEO. Not well. Uh, no? the, this quarter, 
uh, was not what analysts, at least, and investors had anticipated for Charter, one of the larger cable companies, if yeah. you want to call that, in the country, also becoming one of the bigger wow. wireless providers, you can see, getting crushed. Jeez. By the way, also having an impact on our parent company no, stock, which has on, we been up doing, lately after we earnings, so but it's well. down sharply as why well. Why are we being that? That's yeah, why are Comcast we not in their business? We're down over 2.8%. We are in their business. Let me give you the why. Uh, they lost 61,000 broadband subscribers in the quarter. Okay. That was not anticipated. Analysts had somewhere around a 10,000 loss number sort of penciled in there. Um, they did add overall 546,000 mobile uh, 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 subs. That was good. They also continued, of course, lose on video. It was another, what, 246,000, I think, was the number um, on video subs. Uh, and, you know, sorry, uh, it goes on from there. Um, that's not unexpected. Sorry, 257,000 was the loss on video subs. But it's the broadband number, guys, that is giving investors. What's the end game? What's the end game for this, this morning? Is there an end game? I don't. There's no end game. No, no end they're game. spending a lot on capex. They're not changing their capex plans. Um, they're talking about inflationary pressures and how what they've been able to pass through. This is from the call, in terms of the best of their ability. The CFO talking about that in terms of pricing. Uh, they want to, you know, doesn't mean they're not willing to pass through increases, but yeah. there's a balance and an environment where we're investing a lot into expansion and making sure they do maintain EBITDA growth. That's the CFO. There's the CEO, Chris Winfrey, but again, not well received, down to 12%, having an impact on Comcast as well. And of course, as we know, the video sub numbers just keep declining pretty dramatically, although less than had been anticipated, but overall, no, board cutting continues apace. Wow. I mean, what a bad business. I don't know. That's a, those are bad numbers, dude. I mean, not it's a, a free cash flow business. It's, not a, it's not a top-line growth business. That's for sure. Down 11%, worse than the day. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, worse than, like, tr- tr- you know, commercial real estate companies, which is saying something. Okay, what's the number one performing stock in the, uh, uh, the S&P? Oh, sure. This year, yeah. number one performing stock in the S&P. It's not in, NVIDIA. It's up 30%. Meta That'd just, be the one that's leading today. Meta just passed NVIDIA. Oh, it did. Yeah. 31%. Yeah. Very close. Isn't that something? Zuckerberg last night. That's another one. I mean, sometimes just you guys, I know that if you're interested in stocks, it's just worth it at times to go spend 40 minutes. You know, just go listen to the CEO. Listen for 15. Because you look at listen to a Jassy or Zuckerberg, you listen to Tim Cook. It, it's just delightful because these are successful, great American companies. You feel very proud of your of your country when you listen to these people. You have to you have to give them credit, Jim, for digging out of a hole that what a year and a half ago, serious Egg. doubts. Oh wow. my! All right, we got to go to you know, well, one of my absolute favorites uh, in the industry of oil and gas. Uh, and David, you know this industry. David spent some time down in Exxon, a competitor to Chevron. And their shares are rising after the oil giant posted fourth quarter results, raised its dividend. Wasn't that long ago I read a piece and called Mike Worth and said, hey, listen, here's a guy, an analyst, who says you're going to have to cut your dividend. That doesn't seem right. Mike Worth, Chevron CEO, joins us first on CBC. Hey, Mike, you make a lot more money than a lot of people in Wall Street thought. How's that possible? Jim, it's, uh, it's good to see you. Uh, 2023 was really a year of records for us. We had record global oil and gas production, over 3.1 million barrels a day. We had record production here in the U.S. In the fourth quarter, we had record production in the Permian of over 860,000 barrels a day on our way to a million barrels a day in 2025. And we returned more than $26 billion to shareholders through our dividend and our buyback. Almost 10% of our market capitalization was returned 
to shareholders last year. And as you said uh, earlier this week, we raised our dividend per share 8%, which is the 37th consecutive year that our annual dividend payout has increased. So you still want to do a giant deal, even though I felt that after reading this quarter that Chevron's great on its own. Why is it, what's necessary, why do a deal? Well, we have a great portfolio on our own. I know. And we can, we can continue to, uh, to create value and deliver performance. Uh, but this is a resource uh, acquisition business. It's a depletion business as we produce our resources. And we're always looking to strengthen our portfolio. This is a long-term play with a company that has a very strong set of complementary assets to ours. And it underpins our growth in free cash flow, not only through the, the balance of this decade, but well into the next. Uh, which is uh, important when you've got a track record of uh, organic investment and shareholder distributions, as I just mentioned. Well, the reason I I bring it up is because the FTC has decided to probe the Occidental Crown Rock merger, and I thought that was a little thing companies are doing and shouldn't even hit the radar screen of the FTC, and then you got your deal with Hess. Are you prepared to fight if you have to get, if they don't like this deal, are you prepared to fight for it? We don't think there's any real uh, substantive uh, anti-competitive dimensions uh, on our deal. Uh, we do have a second request. Uh, we've been working with the FTC. It's a very broad request. And so we're producing documents and working with them to be sure that we're uh, delivering what they're looking for. Uh, so that does take some time. Uh, we still anticipate closing around the middle of the year. And, uh, and, and we'll work with the FTC to get through, through the process for a deal that really uh, you know, poses no issues. Mike, you're a a person who really knows more than just the nuts and bolts of oil. Can you speak to what's happening in the Red Sea? And also, what would have happened in another era, say 1973, when there was a war in the Middle East and what was done to our country because our country resupplied the country of Israel? Yeah, the situation in the Middle East is is volatile and, and risky right now, certainly. We've seen an impact on shipping, uh, container shipping, as well as, as in our, uh, our industry. Uh, interestingly, prices have not really uh, reflected uh, the risk that you might have seen in times past. Part of that is because while the Middle East remains a very important source of supply for the world, uh, there are other places that are important sources of supply, including the United States of America, which is now the largest producer of, uh, of oil in the world, larger than, than Saudi Arabia or Russia. Last year, over 13 million barrels a day and will likely grow again this year. And markets uh, now have more diverse sources of supply. The U.S. has more diverse sources of supply. And, uh, and so we see uh, the importance of reliability in energy. And, uh, and that, I think, is one of the reasons why, uh, why markets have been a little calmer than you might have expected given these events. Hey, Mike, it's David. Just want to come back to the Hess deal for a moment. Um, ExxonMobil will be your partner in Guyana, which is a very important part of the overall deal, certainly an asset for Hess, given they partner with ExxonMobil there. Um, Darren Woods was a guest earlier on Squawk Box, but I'm curious to get your take as well. You know, these bellicose statements from Venezuela, some concern there in terms of would they ever try to move on Guyana, a country of a million people, and take control. Uh, of the oil. Uh, what are your thoughts on that and or the risk perhaps it poses for that important property that's well, we, part of We partner right with Exxon in many places around the world. Uh, also, uh, there's a Chinese company, Sinoc, that is, uh, is a partner in the Guyana project. And so uh, 
the country is actually important to both the United States and China, uh, as uh, you've got large investors. Well, we lost them. We lost them. Oh, go ahead. All right, uh, we're listening. I can't hear uh, Mike Worth. All right, well, that's Mike, I think, is coming from a golf tournament where I think his wife is going to win by tremendous golfer. Dave, one thing when you mentioned the, the guy on a situation, is that the type of thing that the FTC may say, this FTC may say, listen, I don't know if I, this, this is not right. These two companies could be colluding. No, I don't think so. I mean, you heard Mr. Worth discuss the second request in the FTC. My understanding, it was fairly voluminous, but of course, he said they're on track. So I'm taking, uh, leaving that. And David, to, because you spent a lot of time w- with Darren at, at, at Exxon, any qualitative comparisons about what the two companies are up to? No, I would leave it more to you to, to make those comparisons. I thought they were both excellent, frankly, and I, and, and I think that what's, re- what's really incredible, David, is both companies were thought a, a year ago to be, particularly Chevron, because it's had several years of underperformance, kind of not able to to grow the way they used to, and to replenish the way they used to. And when you hear the numbers that Mike Worth said about the Permian, if everyone produces that much, particularly of Standard Oil, Exxon, ever to get Pioneer, yeah. you might do 15 million barrels oh, a man. day. 15 million. We're already at 13.3. Yeah, we could do 15, uh, and then the price of oil, it's, now you're starting to wonder if it can But they maintain. do return more of these two companies to shareholders in the forms of in the form of dividend and buybacks than they put into the ground at this point. Yes, Is they that do. correct? Yes, yeah. they do. They're also very trying to be stewards because they recognize that their business isn't going to last forever. There was a piece that Mike kind of was not that crazy about when I spoke to him recently. A Cowan piece, downgrade to market perform, pause of performance on Permian projects and M&A, which questioned whether they could pay the dividend as is, and I think Mike's increase of the dividend may have made it so that this piece Take might that. have been... Take that, Count. Yeah, this is more of an ill-advised uh, piece. I'm not going to mention <laughs> I'm not going to mention who wrote this, David. Can you read this? What you mentioned, maybe? What's the name there? The guy who screwed up on this? Jason? Meanwhile, meanwhile, Jim, uh, we talked about the um, Ford going to top pick at Morgan Stanley. Yeah. Tesla, first uh, death cross since May of 22. The death cross? The fabled death cross? Yes. Um, as uh, oh, regulators are now looking or intensifying their probe into power steering losses. Uh, well, there you is know, a software recall today. But then you have Kathy Woods might, might look at it, that death cross and say, i got to turn that into a, a, a golden cross. Right. I mean, because there are there are CEOs, there are people who run money in this country who literally do try to get that stock up higher. It's part of their M.O. and you buy it. And then it's a take and bid, take and bid situation where you get the stock back. But I would say that the main reason why I'm concerned about this is that he when David interviewed Musk, Musk has a lot of big things he'd like to do. And I feel like that if you accelerated his space venture and he could sell stock in that, then he might move over, spend more time there, and you don't get his full AI benefit. Yeah, I think there are any number of risks related to to, uh, to Musk, certainly. Did you think the pay package um, was outrageous given how much money he made to other people, or do you think that's irrelevant but matters his process and the opaque nature of which his divorce lawyer was able to get a better deal for him? Those are great questions. Obviously, Chancellor McCormick believed the process itself was deeply flawed, yeah. but I think many shareholders would not be complaining because yeah, he delivered yeah. incredible results and or at least 
the market cap accretion was likes of which yeah. we've rarely seen, and he benefited from it the same way that any long-term investor did. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike Worth. Mike Worth is the CEO of Chevron. Sorry we lost him there. Yep. Uh, well, that was but, funny. Oh, we're still on. Sorry. Before we go to break, let's check bonds. Uh, the 10-year still refusing to, to push higher than 3.9 uh, or so as it uh, takes that's a look, incredible. Come takes on, a that's the, the story of the morning. And, not Vision Pro, not Zuckerberg. There's three nine. The wrong tenure. We're not done yet, by the way. No, it's probably uh, we'll early. We'll get Umish too. and factory orders and durables in about ten minutes. All right, last uh, last block there. We lost Mike Worth's uh, signal, uh, but we got him back. Uh, CEO of Chevron and Mike. Let me just quickly come back to that question I was asking about Guyana. Just to put it very, you were answering it, but is there a concern on your part? in terms of the Venezuelan government and what it may or may not do, uh, given the importance it has to Hess, which you're in the process of, of acquiring. Yeah, I'm not sure where I cut out, but uh, you know, the presence of the two countries have met. There seems to be a diplomatic dialogue that is underway right now. Oftentimes, the, these types of disputes, uh, particularly where there's natural resources involved, uh, can become uh, heated, but uh, always they're resolved through uh, discussions, negotiations, and uh, diplomacy. And that certainly is what appears to be uh, you know, underway uh, with respect to Venezuela and Guyana. Okay, Mike, uh, our president recently uh, put pause to longer-term LNG deals, want to assess them. I speak to a lot of people uh, whom I would regard as being our allies in the oil business, whether it be South Korea, whether it be some of the countries in Western Europe. Uh, they're all horrified. They're all concerned that they're going to have to become reliant on Russia. They're concerned about their own security. Uh, are we at times as a nation being a little too glib about the security of our allies versus how much uh, pollution LNG plants might cost? Jim, energy policy should not be political. Uh, U.S. LNG imports are very important to supply our allies, and they often back out coal uh, around the world, particularly in Asia. Uh, the U.S. stepped in uh, when Russia proved to be an unreliable supplier and was there uh, when, when our allies in Europe needed that. Uh, the U.S. Uh, has uh, export capacity now that can supply many countries around the world reduce emissions and provide reliable and affordable energy to power economies. Uh, one of the things that's really important on these types of investments is confidence and certainty and reliability over the long term. Countries make long term investments in their energy value chains and it's very important that they have a reliable supply. Uh, these kinds of policy uh, politics undermine the confidence that customers around the world should have in the United States. Well, I want to thank you, Mike. That's a pretty succinct way of, of talking about what countries that have really relied on us and if they go rely on another force, part of the old evil empire, I think it would be really terrible. But anyway, I'm not a political guy, but I think you summarized it correctly. Mike, CEO of Chevron, congratulations, great quarter. I know uh, you put uh, to rest those who are actually concerned about the dividend by giving a big increase in the dividend. Well played. Well, Jim, as I mentioned, we've got a track record of 37 consecutive years of dividend increases uh, over the last five or six years, uh, more than twice any of our peers, stronger than the S&P 500. And uh, we're returning a lot of cash to shareholders, as I said, $26 billion uh, last year. Uh, we've paid down debt each year for the last three years. Our balance sheet is rock solid with single digit uh, net debt. We're built for a $50 world. We can cover our dividend, our capital spending at a much lower oil price 
And in a, in a you know an environment like we see today, we've got plenty of capacity to continue to return cash to shareholders. So uh, we've got a, a durable, resilient set of assets and, uh, and a very consistent approach to returning cash to shareholders. All right. Thank you, Mike. Great to have you on. I was- you know, I was hoping for a good number because so many people I have on the, who watch Mad Money are in the stock because they want that dividend, and you delivered. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Uh, Jim, look forward to seeing you tonight. We're yes. going to get an early spring. Thank you, Punxsutawney oh, Phil. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yes. Yeah, he was in a- Thank you, buddy. Um, I've got Cardinal Health. This is a company that is so huge. These dis, these middlemen, which they don't like to say, but make so much money. And they, they will talk about what value service they do. And um, one of my favorite guys in the apparel business, Tom, uh, Tim Boyle, Columbia Sportswear. We have to stay close to how the consumer is doing. And their stuff is, you know, whether it be, you know, look, whether it be Lululemon, whether it be Columbia, whether it be Gap stores, because we don't know. It's if that employment number. Uh, yeah, and the consumption uh, estimates Atlanta Fed 4-2. We're going to see where we get next few months, Jim. How about if they had said we may cut? All those analysts were saying they should say the cut. They, they, should turn in their, they should turn in their badge. Look, what kind of badge should you get in this business? None of them are going to get the Congressional Medal of the Banyo, I'll tell you that much. We'll see you tonight, Jim. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Dow's down 100, but Meta now up a full 20%. We're back in a minute. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.